Hello, and welcome everyone to Gilded Cast, a podcast that reimagines events that occurred between the 1870s and the early 1900s. Since this is our first podcast, I'll give a little explanation. This podcast is designed to fit in three acts. The first act consists of a brief introduction to our topic for the day. The second is a dramatic reenactment of the event. And the third act will wrap up what happened and how it led to a transition in history with a discussion from some of our actors. It's important we view history not as a series of events that we're all destined to lead to our present day, as this can lead to grave mistakes as we attempt to make sense of the past because it leads us to compare it to the present. There is no age in history more important than another, meaning we can't say that because we may be more technologically advanced that we are smarter than other people who live throughout history. We're just different, and this does not discount the experience of those who came before us. To them, their experiences were just as important to them as ours are to us. Just because some of the past may be foreign to us or because they don't share the same ideas as we do now doesn't mean they are less important or unintelligent. And of course, on the other side to that, times that were similar to ours are not more important than others that are more foreign to us. Historians cannot be the ones to judge the actions of those from the past. They are merely detectives trying to make sense of what happened. This is important for us to remember as we look at more recent history, like what we are doing with this show. The Gilded Age is still relatively recent. It occurred only 120 years ago. So we have to try and view this in an unbiased light. While this is difficult and we are human, we're going to do our best. So what was the Gilded Age? This was a period of transformation in the economy, government, technology, and social customs specifically within America. On our show, we will look at not only its impacts on America, but also on the rest of the world. But why was it called the Gilded Age? The name was coined by Mark Twain as a way to describe the corruption of the time that was concealed by a thin gold gilding. We'll learn more about this corruption going forward. But we'll also look at some of the silver linings from the age. So let's get into today's event, the War of the Currents. Our cast of characters include Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb, the phonograph, etc. Nikola Tesla, the inventor of the Tesla coil, who also worked on designing free energy and among other things. And their investors, JP Morgan of banking fame and George Westinghouse, a pioneer of the electrical industry. So, in 1884, Thomas Edison had already invented the light bulb and was working on the development of direct current in New York with JP Morgan serving as one of his best investors. Nikola Tesla, originally from Croatia, immigrated to New York to manage Edison Machine Works. Under Edison, Tesla experienced various injustices by the company. One of the most notorious, and one that was never fully confirmed, for the record, was that Tesla was offered $50,000 by Edison to fix a machine, and when Tesla fixed it, Edison claimed he didn't understand American humor, and then didn't pay him. After this event, Tesla left the company. Tesla became obsessed with the idea of alternating current, which he believed was more efficient over direct. But what does that mean? This is a history show, so I won't get too technical. But direct current, or DC, is a flow of electric charge in only one direction. Alternating current, or AC, is a flow of electric charge that periodically reverses direction. Today we use AC to deliver power to our homes and businesses and DC when it comes to battery powered devices, like cell phones or laptops. Batteries use DC and are charged by converting AC to DC. Edison had some trouble with Tesla after he quit as Tesla soon gained support from George Westinghouse. Westinghouse was an inventor himself, gaining his first patent at just 19. 
When he put his resources behind the development of alternating current, he unleashed a war with Edison and J.P. Morgan, two committed businessmen with an obsession with success. This is where we set the stage, the very start of the current war. Our actors are ready to go as we will reenact some of the pivotal moments from this electric battle. Just a reminder that all descriptions of characters and events are derived from commentary during the time. And we'll get right back to it after a short break. In the home of George Westinghouse, Nikola Tesla sits quietly sipping tea. As per the usual, he is dressed in the height of fashion and impeccably groomed. George Westinghouse, like Tesla, has a gentle nature, an entrepreneur who understands what it's like to be a struggling inventor, dreaming of making a difference. He was there when he was young, too. Perhaps this is why he decided to take a shot at helping a young, promising immigrant with no place to go. So, Nikola, alternating current? Are you really ready to risk it all? Go up against two of the most powerful men in America? Of course. By the two most powerful men in America, he meant Thomas Edison and J.P. Morgan. Both were hungry businessmen, ready to risk it all to get ahead. Morgan had invested in Edison to prove himself worthy of the Morgan name to his father. But his father found electricity to be nothing more than a fun trick. Morgan was determined to show his father that he was wrong. Morgan was ready to work Edison to death in order to prove direct current was the right choice, not Tesla's alternating current. Of course, Edison was also more than willing to disprove a former employee and become more powerful in the process. Only one inventor could win, and Edison wanted it to be him. Tesla, sitting straight in his chair, his bright eyes flashing. Yes, I am prepared. I, I will risk it. Alternating current is the right choice. It is safe. I can prove it. How? Edison had begun a smear campaign against Tesla and AC. He claimed it was unsafe and even went so far as to kill an elephant using electrocution in order to prove his point. I can show the world. I will go on a tour, stand on the stage, and demonstrate exactly how safe AC can be. And he did just that. Tesla went on a tour to save his name and his work. He would stand on stage as he allowed currents to pass through his body to light a light bulb in his hand. But Edison still continued to fight back. He claimed there were people who had been hurt after allowing AC to be installed in their homes. While there were cases of people being harmed, all of those homes also had AC systems that weren't installed properly. Tesla made sure to inform audiences of that, and he was a very persuasive speaker. Edison sales were beginning to take a hit as alternating current became more popular. While this obviously upset Edison, it also caused a lot of tension between him and his investors, particularly JP Morgan notorious for keeping tabs on the inventor. Morgan walks into the lab where Edison is working. His staff is bustling around him as he sits at his desk. Edison, what is happening with alternating current? It's nothing, sir. It will pass. It's unsafe. 
Tesla cannot go much longer, not once those systems are installed and more kids are killed. In 1888, there were multiple deaths linked to faulty AC systems, and Edison used them in his case against Tesla. I have been working on a device that will prove AC is dangerous. I should hope so. You killed an elephant, Edison. It did nothing but advance Tesla further. They're laughing at us. At you. I know. But I have something even the strongest of men's souls will not bear to look upon. Tesla has parlor tricks on a stage. Edison had the electric chair. He began developing it in the late 1880s, as he continued his work disproving Tesla. The first person to die in it was William Kemmler in 1890, but we will get to that soon. J.P. Morgan was not convinced, but he couldn't see his investment go to waste. There is an opportunity for you to prove the effectiveness of direct current. Niagara. The Niagara contract quickly became a fierce battleground in the War of the Currents, as Edison and Tesla both threw their hats into the ring. This contract would be awarded to whomever had the best plan to extract power from the falls. In 1888, Tesla was quickly becoming a household name. His alternating current revolutionized how electricity was brought to homes and businesses. It allowed power plants to be stretched out miles from each other, while direct current would require a plant every mile or so. This is one of the reasons why Niagara finally decided to go with Tesla and Westinghouse. Of course, this created a new level of tension between the inventors, and a new pressure from Morgan. Edison, you did not win the contract with Niagara. I know. What was that device you were telling me about? This was when Edison began to take his device more seriously. He and his staff quickly got to work on the chair, as Tesla got to work on the falls. While a major invention could have brought Edison back, he quickly fell further. William Kemmler, a peddler convicted murderer, was sentenced to death by electrocution on August 6, 1890. The day before, the operation was successfully executed on a horse. However, Kemmler's death was not as simple. 1,000 volts passed through Kemmler's body for 17 seconds. While he was unconscious, he was still breathing. They tried again at 2,000 volts. All in all, it took eight minutes before he was dead. Witnesses were appalled and terrified. Newspapers reported that his skin began bleeding, the base of his spine began singeing, and the smell of burning flesh permeated the room. Reporters believe this to be a far worse death than hanging, and when asked to comment, Westinghouse later said, They would have done better using an axe. The sight was horrific, and left Edison in a state of shock. After this, the electrocution of multiple animals, and many stockholders withdrawing from the chaos, Edison was forced out of his own company in 1892. J.P. Morgan then merged Edison General Electric with Thompson Houston, giving the board of Thompson Houston control of what was renamed General Electric. The current war ended with the World's Fair, a topic we will pick up in a later podcast. Tesla's AC was chosen to light the fair in Chicago in 1893, one year after Edison was forced out. But what happened at the end of all this? Why do we still remember Edison so favorably after all of it? And why is Tesla so easily forgotten? We'll discuss this with our actors after a quick break.
And we're back. So let's take a moment to talk with a couple of our actors about their thoughts and opinions on the War of the Currents. So, of course, every third grader knows about Edison inventing the light bulb, and we grew up believing he is a benevolent inventor. But is that really the case? He was known to steal ideas from workers and was a bit of a ruthless businessman. And of course, with Tesla, we don't even really learn about him in school. Even in college, there has been little to no discussion of his work and his impact. And of course, Tesla was a poor businessman and died penniless and alone. But why do you believe we don't see more interest in Tesla in schools? Well, uh, being a history major before this, I uh, know that Edison was actually a ruthless businessman who didn't care about anyone but himself. So looking at it from that perspective, I think why we don't talk about Tesla anymore is because he was thrown underneath the societal bus um, after losing the war of currents in which he basically won it. He gave Edison the answers and Edison just put it to his own work in which I don't even think it was his own work. It was other people around him who did the work for him and he just put his name on it. But with that being said, Tesla was thrown uh, like I said, underneath the bus, and he went down a downward spiral. He mm -hmm. uh, invested all of his work into a death ray, <laughs> in which it would never work. It was, uh, it wasn't feasible whatsoever. And what happened is just I feel like he fell off of the historical map, basically, mm -hmm. and everyone tried to forget about his story. And you know, not to mention the fact that I mean, he was obviously of a different color than you know a lot of white. I mean, mm -hmm. white people in general, uh, there was nobody really rooting for him. I mean, really, a lot of the tension was on Edison. Even, you know, you know how they say about bad publicity is good publicity? Mm -hmm. That was basically it mm -hmm. for for uh, for Tesla. Nobody was in his ring or in uh, in his corner supporting him. And so he never got that jump start for people to recognize him. He just kind of went as the unsung hero uh, throughout history. Really, well, uh, Edison got all the attention and even though it was bad, I mean, he was renowned. So I guess it kind of comes into the point because, I mean, the point you're making with him being not white, which, I mean, he, um, you know, he's not American. Mm -hmm. Do you think maybe yeah. that has an impact? Because Edison, obviously very American, and you see his you see his comment that, you know, he doesn't understand the joke of the $50,000 because it's American humor. Do you think perhaps that's why maybe we don't learn about Tesla as much in schools? Because he's not an American. He's an immigrant. Well... I feel like the entirety of the American education system is based upon what people of the past believed in, and that's the problem that's going on today. But if you look at well-educated minds around the world, such as the Neil deGrasse Tysons, the uh, Elon Musk, they really do understand that Tesla was a genius and that what happened to him was so unfortunate because he could have done so much more. And I do believe that plays a role in it because here in America, we do have a problem with seeing uh, through a lens of if you're not American and to be American is to be an immigrant. Yeah, he, all he was was a really good businessman and that was about it. He was good at cultivating mm -hmm. geniuses or at least at really smart, really brilliant designs. But then he was also smart at taking those designs and making it his own. If we were Definitely. in the modern day, Edison would be Amazon. Yeah. And it would be nothing more than that. It's just a great business idea. They're making money, but they're almost making too much money to where it's like, oh, well, we're losing money at the same mm -hmm. time. And But like someone like Tesla, uh, they he would have been like the Elon Musk of our generation. Someone that's like, 
oh, I have my own business. Oh, I have this great idea. Let's put tunnels underneath LA mm -hmm. so that way people can bypass the traffic or whatever. He would have came up with ideas like that where people are like, you're insane. What What are you trying to do here? Well, you know, and Tesla also came up, you know, even though it goes to other people, but, you know, the radio mm -hmm. was Tesla's idea. Yep. Um, the, the radio, the cell phone, he had the ideas for that. It's very modern ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if we did have Tesla in an aspect where he wasn't going down this downhill spiral, I think people like Elon Musk, like uh, future generational geniuses like Neil deGrasse Tyson and such, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be having this discussion where it's like, do we go to space or not? Because I feel like we'd already be like, well, we can go to space whenever yeah. we want. Mm -hmm. It's so easy at this point. But we're so far behind the curve now because we've allowed people like Edison to take grasp of history, the knowledge of what we have done as humans, and we're doomed to repeat that, and we continue to repeat that, and we don't allow people such as Elon Musk today to take greater strides in what they're doing, even though they are the genius that can actually put the pen to paper and come out with an idea where it's like, you need to get to Mars, I can get you to Mars. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, I think, uh, Tesla would have gotten a lot more support today because people, there's a big focus in society about breaking the mold, pushing the envelope, sure. and kind of being the person who breaks out of that cycle that's always been happening. Um, another thing I guess to keep in mind is that with our current media, who knows if you would have gotten the proper attention because there are plenty of other really smart yeah. young minds out there who aren't getting enough proper yeah. attention or proper um, uh yeah, attention basically uh, to kind of show up their ideas and, and their works. And there's also that debate about, well, whether even if Tesla lives, even if Tesla does great and he does great things, do we still as a American society make that switch into where we give the science the money that they need to do what they need? Because we do invest so much into our military and that's been growing ever mm -hmm. since World War II and we became a superpower. And even to this day, we just dumped $600 billion in which it's growing up every four years, every year that we do a budget. And it just still look at today and you're like, well, if someone like Tesla had been ahead or ahead of that curve, maybe like NASA and them would get more funding now and we'd be able to advance our technology further. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's a lot of places we can go with this discussion, but I think we're gonna have to wrap it up for today. But thank you both for being here and yeah, see you next week and go fast. The Gilded Cast is produced by WSC Student Media. And tune in next week as we look at gender during the Gilded Age and a case of hysteria. The Gilded Cast is written and hosted by Shelby Haggerton. In today's episode, our cast consisted of Justice Hockert playing J.P. Morgan, Mark Albers as George Westinghouse, Sean Dunn as Thomas Edison, and Mike White as Nikola Tesla. <laughs>